Oh, baby, baby. Weather is finally starting to warm up here in Texas, and so is our real estate market as we head into the hot summer months. Curious where our market really currently is and where it might be going? Well, you found the right video, so let's get right to it. So the question is always the same. How do I get into real estate investing if I have no money? How do I find deals? How do I negotiate deals? How do I find contractors and manage rehabs? How do I get the money to even buy these houses, to hold these houses? How does a rental work? How do you manage a rental? How do you manage tenants? How do you borrow money? How do you borrow money with almost no interest? How are all these things done and how are they done the right way? Well, I am John Barbera, and this is an investor's journey where we share with you how to invest in real estate the right way and how to get into it with no money, how to do this with real tactics that are working today in the market that we're in right now with things that we are personally doing. So welcome to the show. I'm John Barr with An Investor's Journey, bringing you the best tips, tricks, and strategies to help you succeed in real estate the right way. In this channel, we go over everything that we're currently doing in our business, what's working, and some of the stuff that's not working. If that stuff interests you, well, you found the right channel. We'd love it if you do two things for us. Give us a like and give us a subscribe so you can catch all of our content as it comes out. And without further ado, let's get on to the market update. Starting off, we have the building permits issued for the month of January. We're sitting at 1,042, uh, which is 12.4% decrease year over year. So quite a drop from this time last year, but I think a lot of it has to do with the building shortages that we're currently seeing and all the material and labor issues. Two to four units, we're sitting at 34, which is 112% increase from year over year. And five plus units, a commercial apartment sitting at 1543, which is a huge increase up to 54 or 54% increase from year over year. Average sales price up to 351, which is a 17.4% increase year over year. And median sales price is sitting at 290,000, which is a 16% increase year over year. Here, what you're really seeing is what those median sales prices have done dating all the way back to June, 2010. And what you're really seeing is our peaks and our valleys for our selling season. So you can kind of really see it goes up in the summer months, down in the winter months, up in the summer months, down in the winter months, in a traditional market. Given these last two years have just been crazy insane for real estate with you're seeing double digit appreciation month after month after month, which is really kind of throwing everything that's off. But just keep that in mind that this does not continue on forever. We cannot see 20% increases every single year in housing because eventually it's going to just become completely unaffordable for anybody to buy a house when it increases like that. So just know that it will return to its norm eventually. When's that going to happen? There's no idea telling when that's going to exactly be. But where you can use this information is we what we do in our business is we love to load up on inventory on the low times. So you think about it, if we're buying in December, January, February, that means we're renovating them and getting them back on the market. So you're in that high season of median sales price when everybody's moving around and inventory traditionally drives down to its lowest levels of the year. So keep that in mind, buy when everybody else is trying to sell when inventory is tighter so you can sell it when or when there's more inventory on the market and you can sell in the summer months when there's less inventory and more people to buy to really maximize your profits. 
Next, we have year-over-year -year appreciation plotted on a graph. And the reason I really track this stuff is I want to see what the long-term trends for appreciation can really do. So you can see coming out of the last recession back in 2008, 9, and 10, that it took a while for prices to really bottom out. And then appreciation took off, sitting at constantly 9, 10% for several years till about 2015. And then it started to really taper off and kind of tighten back to its normal historical average, which sits around 3, 4, maybe 5%. But you can see as in 2020, as it, things really took off, we're sitting at extremely high appreciation rates for an overextended period of time. So I'm eventually wanting to, or I'm tracking this because I want to see as it starts to squeeze because it never goes straight down. It's usually up, down, up, down, up, down. As you can see from 2015 up until like 2019, 2020, when things really took off again. So that's why I track this stuff is so we can really see what that looks like over time. Next up, we have the total sales sitting at 2,521, which is a 1.4% decrease year over year. Not really worried about a small decrease like that, especially in the inventory and the current market conditions we currently have. What I am excited to see since I am a landlord is average rental prices up to 1731. And that is a 13% increase year over year. Now, I know a lot of people are really just like, oh, that's terrible for renters, terrible for renters. It's uh, how can you be that way? Well, you got to think of it from the landlord standpoint with price increases, especially here in Texas, we have very high property taxes. So as values increase, when you're seeing that 17, 18, 19%, that means our property values are going up by that amount, which means our tax values go up by that amount. Our insurance values values go up by that amount. So you got to keep that stuff in mind that we do need to have rental increases because we have to be able to sustain our properties. If rents don't increase and values go through the roof, that means we're not be able to reinvest into our properties. That means we're inclined to just sell them and be like, I'm done with this. I can't get the cash flow I need to maintain the property. So what the it's be terrible if rents didn't increase along with some form of appreciation. So you can see the renters actually getting a better hand in this deal because it's only up 13%, but values up over the period of time have been averaging, I think it's at like 16% over the past two years. So renters are actually getting the better hand in this ordeal than the landlords because as our taxes insurance increase, we have to be able to pass some of that on to the renters. So now what does that look like on a graph as you plot it out? And you'll notice it follows a very, very similar style as the median price dues where it goes up in the summer, down in the winter, up in the summer, down in the winter, minus like 2020, 2021, where prices just kind of went parabolic. But those things really do follow in the same trends. So for us, how you can use this in your business is every one of our leases, no matter when we buy it, when we get it leased, when we have a turnover, all of our leases end in March, April, and May, right at that time before we hit our peak season. Because the reason we do that is because if as we have a turnover, we can get into the property, do whatever make readies we need to do to get it back on the market right at that peak selling season so we can try to catch that next tenant or that next rental increase on a year over year basis. Now on to employment. We're sitting at just shy of 1.2 million and that is a 4.88% increase year over year. And, but we did lose 2,587 jobs, which are from the previous month. And I'm not really too worried about that because our unemployment rate dropped, as you can see, 0.34% from the previous month. And we're sitting down at 3.73%. So that is fantastic news to see that we are back under the 4% mark and moving on to what they call full employment, which sits right around, I think, 3.5%, um, depending on who you follow and who you listen to. Plotted over a period of time, you can see what the unemployment's done during the past, quote unquote, three recessionary times, all the way back to 2000. And you can see how long our unemployment really took to fall. And then the 2008 
crisis, you can see how long it took for unemployment to really come back down to earth. So, but you can see from this that it's not a straight line down. It's an up, down, up, down, up, down in a downward trajectory. So that is what I'm looking for as we come out of 2020 from the record high unemployment of like 14, 15% that we experienced here is I want to see it to continue to fall at a very, very rapid rate like it has done and continue to fall back to those levels that we were seeing before this whole thing started sitting at that three and a half to 3% range is where full employment really kind of uh, benefits the economy the most. So now moving on to the months of inventory, we're sitting at 1.87 months. That is a 0.44 month increase from the previous month, which is pretty typical because inventory is usually pretty depressed in January because of the boom that usually happens or the buying boom that happens around that November, December timeframe right at the end of the year. And just for perspective, December of 2021 was at 2.18. So give you a little context of what months inventory really means. That is the gauge that we use to determine like where we currently are at in our market as far as a buyer or a seller market that you kind of hear on the news or wherever you tune into. And basically what it's telling you is if no new houses were listed on the MLS and the same rate of consumption in buying happened as the previous month, how long would it take for every house on that market to be consumed? Your typical balanced market, taking back to Econ 101, is the market is always trying to find that equilibrium between buyers and sellers. And where that currently sit, where it's supposed to sit for real estate deemed by economists is somewhere between uh, the five to six and a half months of inventory. Anytime that number gets lower than that, that means we are in a very strong, the longer, lower that amount gets, it means we are in a stronger seller market. So you can see at 1.87, we're in a very, very strong seller market. That means there's not enough sellers and a lot of buyers buying up inventory. So what that does when you have that mismatch in the equilibrium is the market's going to try to find that balance again. And where that's coming from when you have inventory this low is you have prices that skyrocket trying to find that new equilibrium, which is why we've had such a massive uh, price increase over the last two years is because we've been short on inventory. We've been short inventory for coming out of the last 2008 debacle. We've been short millions of households as we've had, it's outpaced the number of houses that have been formed, households been formed to the number of houses that have been built. So keep that in mind later in the video, as is every time you see that number below that five and a half, six and a half months of inventory, that means the stronger we are in a seller market and there's more forces for the prices to increase as the market tries to find its new equal. So now how we use this uh, information is we plot it basically looking for houses on two different data points by price range and by zip code saying where's the most in-demand price point and where's the most in-demand zip code. So you can see by this, this graph here, this chart, that the most in-demand housing that we currently have is in that $200,000 to $350,000 price point. And you can see that of those 2,500 homes that are sold, almost half of them are sold right here in this the, that price range. So for us, that's why we love to target those homes in those price points and why we look, look for housing in that area and try to find rentals that are even cheaper than that. Because there's so low inventory and there's so much sales volume going on, that is where we're seeing the fastest price increases as those inventory starts to turn over from buyers to sellers, creating new lows for housing prices. So for rental properties, we love to get them under that 150 price point if we can, but most times we're under that 200 price point. And we are seeing that over the last couple of years where our equity has increased the most in those lower price point homes as the new entry level position for housing has drastically increased over the last couple of years.
our next thing that we look at is the lowest inventory by zip code. And you can see across this graph that you have some of these zip codes that are sitting sub one month or sub one month of inventory, meaning that you have a lot of turnover and you have a lot of people trying to buy that zip code and not enough people selling in that zip code. 78250 and two. 51 and 247. These are massive zip codes with a lot of housing stock. To see these low months of inventory, it's no surprise to see that prices have increased like they have. So you can really kind of see on the right here of what the numbers were in February of 2020 to what they are in February of 2022. So just in two years, if you take 78251, for example, if you would have bought a house in 2020, right there in that at that price point for 209000 rented it out, and then sold it in February of 2021 or 2022, sorry, you would have almost made $100,000 just in appreciation alone because that's how much buying force there has been in that zip code over these last two years. So kind of keep that in mind of what these low months of inventory really mean over time. When you see these inventories, there's massive upward pressures for price to increase because there's just so many people trying to buy and there's not enough people selling. So keep that in mind as we move through this. Now, guys, if you are wanting a copy of this full market report, I need you to see at the bottom here where we have our texting community. I need you to text market to 210-794-9898. And you can get a full copy of the slides and then you can get notified when we put these out. And you also get the difference between the highest and lowest months of inventory. We have like 65 zip codes that we track and I only put the top 10 and the bottom 10 in this report. So now the cav now the opposite of the lowest month's inventory is the highest month's inventory. Now it's really no surprise to see some of these still being at so such record low uh, inventory levels, but it's one of the things you got to remember the market we're in. If you go back and look at some of our reports from two, two and a half, three years ago, you will see what a kind of quote unquote normal market really looks like when you get to the highest month's inventory. And you can kind of use this information as you want to know to be able to gauge your level of competition in a certain area. And that's what the months of inventory is really used for and why we track by not only zip code, but also by price range. So you can see if I have a buy, if I'm buying a house, that has got a value of a 550,000 in this zip code. How much inventory is there for 550,000 across the entire city? And how much is for this entire zip code? Because you have people moving from the, that can afford that price range from all over the place where they might not know San Antonio and they're like 550, that's what I want. I'll go anywhere for it. I really don't care. And then you have the people that want certain areas. So that's why we track that information. So you can kind of see what uh, values have still done from two years ago. So values still do increase in these areas, but you do have a higher level of inventory. So when you, when our norm market kind of normalizes, you're going to want to kind of take a look at this information and see what the inventory is for a certain zip code in a certain area, because if it's really high, you're going to want to make sure that you look at your competition and do what you need to do to make your house stand out from that person. That's your staging. That's your professional photos, landscaping. That's putting more money into the higher ROI areas like your master baths and your kitchen to make sure you're not sitting on the market for that average because every interest payment you make, that's straight out of your bottom line. So you want to do everything you can to not sit on the market for very long. So the second you put on the market, you're under contract within the first week now times, but over a month uh, when things kind of normalize. So with that, that concludes this month's market report. So again, if you guys like this video, please like it, share it with somebody and think about subscribing. And if you're looking to get the full report and notifications, join our texting community. I need you to text market to 210-794-9898. Otherwise, we'll catch you guys on the next one.